welcome to your favorite drive-in theater and a sparkling new season. Watch our screen and local newspapers for all the fine shows coming this way. Show after show will feature the latest hits, the biggest stars for fun-filled, pleasure-packed evenings. Relax, come as you are, and spend an enjoyable night out with the entire family. No parking problems, no babysitting problems. And there are always tasty snacks at our modern refreshment stand. Thanks, folks. And once again, welcome back. What's up and welcome to the HorrorCast, episode number 123. And yes, it is summertime and that means we are rolling back in to the HorrorCast drive-in. All right, everybody's excited about this, right? Yes, yeah. very excited. Oh, you guys sound so excited. It's incredible. Vin's so real laid back today. You know, it's Father's mm-hmm. Day. He's had a few <laughs> drinks. Uh, he got ordained as a minister, and uh, you know he's ready to go. We're excited about this because uh, we do this once a year, and basically what we do is we review movies um, that were probably uh, released in the 50s, 60s, in that drive-in era, and uh, looking forward to it. Tonight we get to do three movies. we got a triple feature tonight. Uh, I am one of your hosts tonight. Mark Nato, and we're going to bring in first the Amateur Destroyer. Jessica, what's up? Hey, everybody. How's it going? And happy Father's Day to you, Mark Nato and Vin. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. It was a nice day. Nice good. day. Uh, cooked steaks on the grill and swam in the pool. It was good stuff. Good stuff. We're not going to mention what, what Vin did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and let's bring in Vin. Revenant Vin, what is up? Day and just a piece, just in case people didn't pick up on your uh, inside joke before, I did not get ordained as a minister. <laughs> you wanted to set the record straight. I want those uh, <laughs> those rumors flying here. Um, no, but I'm excited to do a a horror cast driving all the time because it's it's the only time I get to actually watch the movies with my kids for the show. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that aspect of it. Very good. And lastly, but not leastly, Terminator. Hi, you guys. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Well, thank you. Thank we you. got a late start because I had to go get Vin out of jail, but I think it's all good now. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, uh, just for those of you who don't know, like the the um, the commercials and little spots are going to be different. They're all going to be retro-themed. There's going to be uh, kind of uh, some fun stuff. I enjoy putting these episodes together because I kind of sometimes wish I lived back in that era and and thought it would be a, a kind of a, a cool uh, place to, to be, you know? Great, yes. Anybody ever? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I like our, our modern-day comforts and, and uh, movies on demand and all that, but there's just something about – going to the drive-in theater that uh that is awesome and if you are interested just go back 
I really, I should have done the research. I'm not sure if this is our fourth or fifth horror cast drive-in, but I know uh, near the first one, Vin kind of gave a, a history of drive-ins and all that. Go back and listen to that. Uh, we're not going to rehash it, but it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. We are going to take a very short break, and then when we get back, we're going to get right into our first movie, Revenge of the Creature. Hi. You hungry? Looking for a tempting treat? Hold on till I absorb some heat. Some added tang might please you, too. I'll slide into an oven-fresh bun, and I'm ready for your eating fun. Why don't you try a juicy, good hot dog? Mmm, delicious. Show starts in four minutes. All right, we're back. Like I said, we're going to be talking about 1955's Revenge of the Creature. Uh, this was one hour and 22 minutes long, horror, sci-fi, um, directed by Jack Arnold, written by William Ayland and Martin Berkeley, uh, stars John Agar, uh, Lori Nelson, John Broomfield, um, Nestor, is it Paiva, maybe? Grandin Rhodes, you're about the only one. Only ones I know. And uh, Riku Browning as the Gill Man. Um, this is a, a sequel, right? To Creature from the Black Lagoon, right? Yep. Is yep. This, this is di- the direct sequel, right? Part two. Yeah. Because I believe there's another one after this. Yeah, the Creature Walks Among Us, I believe. Creature Came out the year after. I have yeah. not seen that one. I've not seen that one. but And I had not seen this one before. Uh, it is available on prime video for three 99. It's also, uh, I believe it's free on YouTube. I'm almost positive it is, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, let's, let's roll this trailer and then I'm going to give you the synopsis and then we're going to get into our thoughts. scientifically study a creature that, by all the laws of nature, should have died a quarter of a million years ago. They dared to bring him back alive from his haunts deep in the jungles of the Amazon. They dared to put him on display with the other denizens of the deep while thousands came to marvel and wonder. You know, I, I pity him sometimes. He's so alone. The only one of his kind in the world. If anything goes wrong, you head straight for the surface, you understand? All right, let's go. They dared to study him, to probe him, to tempt him with the lure of a woman's beauty, thinking that mere chains could hold in check the primeval forces that surged and roiled within this strange being from the dawn of time. Hello, he broke the chain! Thank you. 
back. Uh, that was the trailer for Revenge of the Creature. Basically, what is happening here is they attempt to capture the creature from the Black Lagoon, same one from the, the first uh, movie, and they make him an aquarium attraction from which he escapes and wreaks havoc. So um, let's start with Vin. Vin, uh, had you seen this before? What are your first impressions of Revenge of the Creature? <laughs> uh, I had not seen this before. I knew a little bit by reputation. Um, but, you know, like I said, I watched this with both my kids. Uh, my son is eight. My daughter's five. And this is like, you know, we the first, this is actually my daughter's second, like, kind of legitimate horror film. <laughs> mm-hmm. We watched Tarantula before this, which we're going to talk <laughs> about later. And uh, we watched this, and she had been asking for a long time to watch a scary movie. Um, so we finally sat down, and she recognized the Gill Man from framed posters that I have it hanging mm-hmm. in the kitchen of like the universal monsters. But mm-hmm. uh, she didn't realize that they all had their own movies. <laughs> so she, she kept on waiting for them to throw like Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and the mummy all into the water tank with the Gill man. <laughs> yes. So she was very confused throughout most of it. Um, but, uh, but she still had fun with it. And I had fun with it too. Um, you know, there, there's definitely, it, there are some stilted moments and some dull moments here and there, but overall, I think they do a pretty good job with the Gilman here. Yep. What about you, Taminator? Um, no, I had not seen this. Um, and I, I guess I wasn't really expecting that it was going to turn into, you know, the shape of water. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I mean, I still had fun with it. I, it's been so long since I've seen the first one that I figured this was a sequel, but I couldn't really remember how the, you know, what happened at the end and if this was like a, a direct pickup or whatever, but I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy it at least? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I mean, I enjoyed all these are, how can you, that's what's fun about these drive-ins. Yeah. You enjoy them all on some level. Was this one silly? Yes. Very. <laughs> did it need to be a love story? No, but you know, we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. All right. How about you, Jessica? Yeah, I actually hadn't seen this one before, um, but I love the creature from the Black Lagoon, so I was pretty excited to watch it. And for the most part, there was a lot of it that I liked, and it was mostly the same aspects that I enjoyed about the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that did kind of bother me about it were more of like the romantic elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I really, I just love watching him swim around in, in the the water and the... Yeah, the cinematography in those scenes and him like next to a woman's legs or something, the way they'll, um, yeah, like yeah orientate ready to that grab them and, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I I mostly enjoyed it and I definitely had some issues with it, but nothing you know that would make me not enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the same exact guy from the creature from the Black Lagoon playing the Gill Man when he's underwater. Uh, yeah. Yes, in the water. It was a now, different stunt man when he was on um, above ground. Or, did they you know, say who the stunt man was? Uh, the I don't remember if they say it right in the credits, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking. At yeah, it. I'll it's, see it. I believe Rico Browning played him whenever he was under the water, but when he's walking around, it's a different stunt man, I believe. Right, and okay, he's not even credited, right? The Gill Man on Land, Tom Hennessy. But yeah, it, they're they're both uncredited. Right. Well, I guess that Rico Browning in the second one, he tried to kind of have his name connected with the creature, kind of like, you know, Boris Karloff or Bela Lugosi. You know, he wanted to be known as the creature and they, they wouldn't put his name on there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the creature is so known for is that that graceful swimming and those underwater shots. 
Um, and, uh, I think he should have gotten some credit. I'm not sure exactly what, uh, I actually like the creature in the water a lot more than on land. Yeah. We should, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but as, you know, as we should. Yeah. I kind of felt like he didn't move gracefully. Not at all. Like on land, he was like lumbering and goofy looking sometimes. That made me laugh. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and did they make any changes from, uh, uh, Vin might know this. Did they make any changes in the suit from the first one? Or is this the same suit? The eyes are bigger. Yeah. So that he so. could see better. Yeah. So the that... stomach could actually see better. The eyes are bigger, but that's, I think that's the only major change. Yeah. I knew, better, I actually, um, I did get a little trivia on the suit as well. Um, they were trying to kind of make it on like a lower budget, even mm-hmm. though it, I think the first movie did well enough. And then this one made like the most money out of the three. But when they did the suit, um, it was altered to allow an air hose to pump air uh, for Browning during his underwater scenes. As a bubbles coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know that they had done something different in the first one, but I can't remember exactly what it was. I just know that it was sealed off so that that wasn't an issue. Yeah. But I guess because of the suit design in the second one, there's scenes where you can see bubbles coming out of the suit, like out of his body. <laughs> well, he was just um, farting. But I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's, I just I just thought he was just farting, you know, <laughs> swimming around underwater all the time. You get gassy, you just fart, bubbles up. But yeah, I, I didn't. I just uh, my first impressions again hadn't seen this one before. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon we have uh, reviewed that, I believe, right? You know, back yeah, back when we did Universal Monsters. That's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite of the original universal monsters it's just really good this one goes off into like cheese land more (laughs) uh, because you know i do like i do like the um the fact that these guys are going out to try to capture this creature so that they can study him or display him or something uh i just didn't i didn't like the the way they went about it like as far as like when they first when they first brought him in, like they put him in this this outdoor pool that was what two feet deep. You know, I, I, I was like, he's gonna get out of there. There's a ladder right there. I mean, <laughs> what's, what are they thinking? I know. Um, so it didn't seem like real realistic to me. Um, I, I did like uh, you know most of the uh, the acting. It was 1950s acting. Uh, I really liked Lori Nelson as uh, Helen Dobson. Uh, I thought she was really good, and I thought she was uh, she was actually really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, she just died last year at the age of eighty seven. Uh, R.I.P. But um, John Agar, Professor uh, Cleet Ferguson, uh, he was a bit of a tool. Yeah, I thought. And then the other guy that kind of liked her. It was kind of like this love triangle thing. Actually, in the oh, creature. Quadrangle. Yeah, quadrangle, whatever it is. <laughs> what was his name? Was it John Broomfield? Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if that's what his name was. but Well, his name yeah. was Joe in the movie, but his real Joe name was Hayes, John, yeah, John Broomfield. Broomfield. So, um, yeah, I, I could have I done without that, I guess. But you know, they had to stretch this movie out 
to, to an hour and 20 minutes and you can't have an hour and 20 minutes just of the creature. So they had to figure something out. I wish I think- it would have been more like them trying to experiment on him or doing something like that. And it, it, cause it kind of, kind of follows that King Kong model. Yeah, you know, both the same blueprint. Yeah, yeah the, the creature, like... Uh, Put him on display, fix, he breaks fix, out. Takes yeah, girl. he yeah. fixates on on yeah. the, the girl, the pretty girl, and he wants to, you know, take her She down. had the making of being an interesting character, if they had pushed it a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they have that moment where they kind of discuss how unfair it is that, like, she would have to choose, choose like, a career over family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, he doesn't. Yep. And she kind of sympathizes with how trapped the Gilman feels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked a lot of that stuff. I mean, but of course, like on the other hand, she kind of gives into, you know, Agar's sleazy pickup lines. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and she just kind of becomes a damsel in distress. Um, but, uh, you know, th- there was, there was the makings of something really interesting there. I kind of wish that she had become actually the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just her and the Gilman. I can kind of see where something like The Shape of Water could be inspired by something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't take it far enough. Like, right. they, they, it could, he could have taken her back to some, you know, swamp or whatever, and she could have tried to communicate with him, and he could have, you know, it, but it was just kind of like he just drug her underwater. Like, did he not understand she was going to drown if, <laughs> if, <laughs> if he just kept dragging her underwater? Like, she's not the same as you. Um, uh, so I, I just kind of felt that was kind of a wasted opportunity maybe 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 they thought people in 1955 weren't ready for inter uh, spe- species love um, <laughs> but it this probably was a a little bit of an inspiration for del toro right i mean i, I don't um, know i think it has to be yeah. yeah yeah i know the original creature is definitely said to be a direct inspiration for it but i don't yeah. hear this one come up that often but it's got to be yeah I don't, I don't remember the first one all that much was wasn't there like a almost like a fixation with the the female on that one too yeah 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 and so, we had said it was it, he seemed to recognize that she felt you know when she was at the lagoon she seemed to be there to appreciate nature and and mm-hmm. just love being, you know, in the elements, whereas she wasn't there to exploit it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like he kind of recognized something like that in her. Uh, so yeah. it, it, there, there is something thematically keeping from that film to this film. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, the Gill Man is is hot for women, right? For hot for human women, that's what he likes. Yeah. yeah, I know, and I always but wonder because they make it kind of seem like that's what they're going for. But I wonder if it's more of just wanting any kind of companionship, just because. Yeah. They've noted that he's only one of his kind, um, yeah. and she's the only one who's like even relatively sympathetic towards him, mm-hmm. or so, nice to him. Yeah. yeah. There's even there's one point I don't remember exactly what she says, but she like quotes the uh, the dictionary definition of like love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, she says she looked yeah. it up in like Webster's dictionary or something, and it has to do with like some kind of infatuation. It, it seemed like whatever definition she was giving was basically describing what the creature was thinking about her. You know, it yeah. wasn't like a genuine yeah. romantic affection. It was like a certain fixation um, or a fantasy almost or something like that. So it seemed like when she was giving that definition that it might have kind of been explaining what was going on with the Gill man at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, did any of you guys notice a young Clint Eastwood in this movie? Yeah, I did. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> notice yeah, I it. I didn't notice. <laughs> you didn't notice it the at bumbling all. lag technician. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pulling a rat from now, his pocket. 
yeah. like when I watched it, when I watched I'd it, actually, I did not um, I watched Tarantula first, and mm-hmm. he's uncredited. Fight or flight, well. yeah. <laughs> but um, I read that like right after his scene on that, he went to do his uncredited uncredited scene in this. So that's why I knew to like look out for him before yeah. I watched it. Yeah, I I knew he was in this because I said something about it, I believe, uh, on the last episode. And I just forgot and I didn't even like look for him. So I missed him. I have to watch it again. So, um, yeah, the suit, let's talk about the suit. The more you get this thing out of water, the faker it looks, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. They just, I wish they could have focused on him in the water and then, maybe just shown glimpses or him in the shadows or something, uh, because him in the full daylight, you know, you know, swinging the leg up, getting out of the, <laughs> the pool. And stuff, it just looks like a suit. Yeah. You, know, you can see like, Oh, look, it's wrinkling right there in the butt or it's, it's just, <laughs> it, it didn't look phenomenal. Um, I can't say it bothered me all that much. I don't know. I, I actually, I kind of like what they did with him as far as the way he's trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you see him constantly kind of like intaking, gasping for breath. Yeah. Um, I thought that was okay. And even when he's out in the air, open air, he's like wrecking stuff. He flips yeah. a car. Like he just chucks a dude right into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that was that awesome. was the best <laughs> yeah. scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was on cable. That dude flew. <laughs> yeah. He was on wires or something. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic i like laughed my head off yeah i feel like when he's like standing there and doing the gasping for breath and even his his eyes and stuff like that i don't think that that looks too bad but i think it's more of him trying to be active on land yes. it does look very bumbly <laughs> i mean he's he's, he's genuinely a fish out of water yeah. right you know like yeah. it's it's not he's not supposed to look graceful on land um, yeah. you know, I think the only reason he keeps coming up for coming onto the land is because she needs to breathe. Right, exactly. You know, because he's trying to hold on to her, so he has to keep bringing her out of the water and onto land so that she can breathe, and then he goes in. Like, he has to keep going back and forth between the land and the water. Um, right. I don't think he's coming up otherwise. You know, he's not coming up to explore. He just wants to get her. Um, I, I don't but... know if it's the, the, the suit, like, being bumbly or stumbly. It's just more, like, I, I couldn't when it's out of the water, I can't not realize it's a suit. He, he moves more like a Frankenstein's water. It just looks like a like a creature to me. I mean, and, and yeah. then, uh, that's just the thing. And, I'm and not even sure if it's the same exact suit. Because yeah. it's two different stuntmen. So I'm not even sure if it's the same exact suit when they're in and out. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, el- what else we got? Anything... Um, uh, else good that you uh, you like? Well, I mean, about it, it. we've only kind of touched on it, but I think there are some decent moments of tension with the Gill Man. You know, we already talked about when they're swimming, and you can see him underneath the water. Yes. you know, it's a callback to the first film, but I think this one is still pretty well done. He kind of yeah. like pulls on her leg. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got the whole the motel scene where uh, he's going to her motel room, and there's the dog and everything. Uh, not you know yeah. that that wasn't bad for the 1950s, I think. Yeah, and I I thought it was. Uh, a good scene when they were at that um, when he actually first kidnaps her 
like mm-hmm. they're they're going in there and they're like guys playing instruments and they see him coming yeah uh, and, and he grabs her and just like kind of like lumbers off or whatever um <laughs> i thought that i thought that was a, a pretty good scene i thought he looked like he was getting ready to fall over uh well and the, the stuntman almost died during that it, scene that's what they said that he uh yeah that when they when they jump in the water there i guess it was filmed around yeah. uh, that, and that's the that's the stuntman who was on land so why did they yeah. have him jump in the water yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't supposed to go. He wasn't filmed underwater. It's just, I guess it was dark, and he actually got like kind of pulled into a current or something like that. He was having a hard time with the because the suit got so waterlogged. Yeah, Maybe he had a hard time getting out of the current. Two different. Yeah, suits I, I, I'm thinking it probably was different suits, mm-hmm. but of course, I think when Rico Browning swim, of course, he's like in a pool, you yeah. know. But mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have much of currents to deal with. But they probably should have used Rico Browning, a much more experienced swimmer. Yeah. For jumping in the dark water. That's just my opinion. That's probably what they should have done. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a cool set piece there. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I thought that the whole thing where they're shocking him, trying to teach him, you know, that's when stop. I, I went right on his side at that point. I was totally on the creature's side. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, the the guy says, uh, Professor Cleet says, uh, you know, I wish we didn't have to use this or whatever, uh, but it's the only way. Okay, so wh- were they trying to train him to be a, a, a an exhibit at Marineland, or why uh, they were would they, they even were trying to, to control that? him? They were trying to control him, like you know, like why though? Just put him out in the ocean and leave him alone, well, or why not... make him an an attraction at least? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that's not what yeah. you know. That's not what humans do. Yeah, they're they're trying yeah. to teach him how to say stop or like what stop meant. Yeah, right. Um, so he he was a he was like a a behavioral psychologist or something. Was he was an animal psychologist? Yeah. So he was trying to figure out how intelligent he was and um you know if Are he could like learn a Pavlov's dog thing. Kind of. Him? Yeah. Well, I mean, you you know, can you condition him? Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, it, it was just a harsh form. Of you know, yeah. um, it's so uncalled for. The same thing with a dog. Yeah. If you if you use a dog in a in a shock collar, yeah, um, you know, which right. I don't. But that's that's the same idea. Let's see how intelligent he was and, if he could put. And two, I did two like together. that. Every experiment they did, he kind of just kept missing being human. Mm-hmm. You know, he's closer to being a human than he is to being a fish. Yeah, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, and the the more you realize that he's so close to being human. And the more you think about the way they're treating him, you know, it, it does help to at least introduce some interesting ethical questions. I don't right. think it handles it well. It doesn't really go where it should. Um, but there's, there are so many little bits of potential that you see in this film that, yeah. you know, there, there were some thoughts put into the script. You know, <laughs> some of the relationships and some of the dialogue isn't great, but there, there are some decent ideas in here. Yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't written well enough were fleshed out well enough, you know, yeah. to, to really, uh, um, uh, make an impact. You had to have but, like your gratuitous 1950s romance blooming and, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which almost that, that, that tends to be one of our biggest criticisms of these films all the time is the, the unnecessary unconvincing romance <laughs> that blossoms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, the, you know, you're watching and, this for screen time of the monster, which once they start with those love stories, I'm not getting as much monster screen yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, okay, well, I don't remember the first one. To, so this when this one started, they were already like seeing this creature as dangerous. Did they give a backstory of it in the first one? Like, 
do we know where he's from or they found anything? a fossil uh in the very beginning of the first one and they track where that fossil would have come from to the black lagoon so okay. he, he's like something you know prehistoric whatever something you know uh, i guess an evolutionary anomaly or something like that i'm not sure exactly they don't go it. into it but they they went looking for him not knowing that he was still alive they yeah. thought that it was there they thought they were looking for fossils and they found something that was actually still living yeah. they should have just left it there. <laughs> yeah and they never like they never like I don't. Rem- I don't remember, but they never captured him, right? They no. They tried to. They there were like tried. two. There were two competing scientists on there. Mm-hmm. One of them wanted to like kind of you know bring him back and put him on display and do all, all this stuff, and the other one just kind of wanted to, you know, l- let him be but research and. Yeah. Um, so there was this conflict between these two scientists. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it is you know the first one was definitely a superior film, mm-hmm. um, by the same director. You know, Jack Arnold did that one too. Yeah. Um, but. You know, as far as sequels go, this one isn't bad. It's just not on the level of the first one. Yeah. Well, I also I think, think that, like, in the in the first one, that's a good example of, like, there's a romance that exists in that story, but yeah. the chemistry is more believable. Mm-hmm. And there's still two scientists that are in love or whatever, but I, maybe it's even because in, they were already the together one, at the well, beginning. Yeah, of I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're but, not falling in love. They're kind of already together, and that usually works right. out better in these films. <laughs> yeah, but even and it seemed more natural. Like, yeah, even in Tarantula, you know, where they're kind of interested in each other, it's still like the way that they do it in that feels like they have more chemistry and like they're not just forcing it right away. Yeah. Whereas this one, it felt very, very forced, very quickly, and you're like, oh, he's so nice for saving her from having to go on a date with the other guy who's also harassing her. But then yeah, she yeah. like has to go on a date with that guy, so she gets less harassed. I don't know. She's being harassed <laughs> yeah. by all sides. As a girl, we're not going to go on a date with either one of those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, we maybe had maybe back in the fifties. Yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned yeah, that back. we're watching three John Agar movies today. He's our yeah. leading man in all three movies, um, and yeah. he's kind of a tool in just about every one of them. Yes. Uh, yeah. But these are also three Nestor Paiva movies. Um, which yeah, was great. My kids started recognizing both the actors. Um, yeah, he played Lucas in uh, mm-hmm. the beginning of this film and also in Creature from the Black Lagoon. And, um, quite the little accent master. Uh, he, he's got a different accent for every movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was, he was a fun part of this as well. Yeah, he's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Gilman. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting to note that this was uh, the only 3D film. I was going to ask, was this supposed to be 3D? Because just some of the scenes, yeah. you could yeah. tell. Released in 1955. Uh, yeah. It was the only 3D film released in 1955. So, yeah, I thought that uh, I only picked out three maybe scenes that looked like they would have been in 3D. I'm not sure what others. Yeah, it didn't which look like things were flying at the screen at all. No. Uh, so with I'm the like, cattle prod was... was one um, that I remember. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. There that, was just that, a couple, so... and I was like, oh, man, this was obviously supposed to be I think 3D. 3D was starting to go out by this point. Uh-huh. Like, back then, like, 3D, when it worked, it really worked, but it was really hard to do right, so people would often get, like, headaches, and it wouldn't, yeah. you know, it, it was difficult to get to get it right most of the time. Um, so it started losing its popularity, I think, by the mid-50s. You get the nice uh, glasses with the red and the blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Oh, can can I just say, man, great speedos, great speedos <laughs> for uh, John Agar and um, John Broomfield. And it was weird because John Broomfield, who played Joe, actually looked like he was in shape. Like in shape body and John Agar looked looked a little doughy. He's got yeah. dad bod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm not sure that she'd have a hard time picking. No, but um yeah, I, I think that Joe Hay seemed like he was more of a man's man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. But he, he was, he was the whole time I was watching anyway. these movies, I kept trying to figure out what is the appeal of John Agar. Like, why was he in so many of these movies? I think he's kind of just like the everyman kind of man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seems like it to me. I don't think he's, I don't think he's overly active, dynamic. Uh, So maybe he was just available. (laughs) He was on a streak at this time. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's see. The filming took place at Marineland of mm-hmm. Florida, yeah. which played the part of the film's Ocean Harbor uh, Oceanarium. Yeah, and there was kind of like a mini commercial in there for Marineland at one point. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the river part that was St. John's River. Of course, they did not go over and film in the Amazon. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, stop. You're ruining it for me. Stop it. Stop. Um, Do people seem like they're just older than what they're supposed to be in these movies? Like, I mean, mean, like when um, there's a girl and a guy necking in a car, and they're obviously supposed to be like teenagers. You kids go on home. The the guy looks like he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, could, could they not have just cast a teenager or somebody that looked young? I don't. That, well, it's difficult when they dress stuff, like my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to. That kind of stuff annoys me in movies. When they're wearing loafers and slacks, I don't. I have a hard time seeing a. Well, that's teenager. what they were wearing, though. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I guess so. If you weren't a greaser, then you had your loafers and slacks. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did you guys catch those couple of kind of disparaging comments about women at the beginning? No. There was the one like, did did someone unearth a natural blonde? <laughs> and then there was the I, one I like, hear that. and then one about he's like, all I'm missing to make me happy is a short, warm blonde or something like. That. I was like, uh-huh. whoa. Yeah. They were coming yeah. off really strong. The yeah. next movie's worse. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, blonde was the thing back then, right? The bleach blonde, because it was a uh, wasn't this the height of Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. Jane man and all that yeah. yeah so so everybody you know blondes have more fun flirt blondes so I guess that was just the the way of the 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 male mind in 1955 um, all right what else Anyth- anything else of interest or good or bad um, about this movie covered my notes uh, one of the things that I got confused about was at some point um cleat it's cleat right is that the main yes. character's name he mm-hmm. calls helen his fiance and i was like did i miss the yeah proposal? when did that happen because <laughs> he didn't say was my he girlfriend. just assuming 
Yeah, I no, think he was they talking to the, the cops, and he was like, yeah, I want to find my fiancé as much as you guys, but be careful. And I was like, fiancé? What did I miss? I took it because they that one scene fades out where it, it implies that they spent the night together, and so then after that, she was his fiancé. Those were like, the parts of the movie that really <laughs> bothered me. Because <laughs> back then, you know, if you spent the night, yeah, yeah. marry her. But, uh, yeah. Where is my fiance? Remember that from Seinfeld? I'm sorry. I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of you guys remember that? I've never oh, seen gosh. Seinfeld. You've never seen Seinfeld? I've seen some, but I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I'll have to look for the clip and put it in there. So, <laughs> All right. And then there was yeah, that well, one scene um, where they're running away from the uh, the Marine Land Park or whatever, and mm-hmm. the mom just totally like abandons her daughter yes, for a minute. Yes. I mean, she comes back for her eventually, but I was like, "Whoa!" I know. Yeah, I just totally funny. left her for like a whole minute. <laughs> that was a great scene. Though. I was thinking to myself, all those people. Okay, all your extras on the count of three. Everybody trample each other out of here. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I do think that the there were a couple of, of really cool you know, like scenes of the creature like showing his strength and and the big one was that the throwing that guy into the tree that was one of my favorite. <laughs> or like when of he... all of every movie that I've seen like from the fifties, that was one of my favorite scenes. Like, that was really how did fun. they do that in the fifties. Uh, I loved when he walked up in the club like P Diddy, you know, yeah. just. <laughs> he just had those googly eyes yeah. Barney Google yeah. <clears throat> but it was it was a fun time I thought it was it I was. thought it was uh well done for what it was yeah it, and seeing him in gonna, the yeah. seeing him in the tank with all the ocean animals I thought that was really neat too yeah. just and see, they like, said how he wouldn't um, he wasn't willing to eat them they had to bring him fish so it's like he knew it he was one of them and like kind of respected them, you know, his fellow yeah. fish. Well, Cody had some, uh, uh, I guess some, uh, I guess the word isn't manners, but he had some sort of intelligence or mm-hmm. some sort of, um, you know, realization that, okay, I have to live with these creatures. So I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't tear into one, uh, <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, um, did they did they send him um, like dead fish already, or were they flopping around? I don't remember. No, they were. De- it was like um, it's like he realized he was like the other marine life at Marine Land. Like he had to take what the humans fed him. Almost like he kind of accepted his plight, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I don't think they did a very good job of of keeping him like. And could he really have broken the the um, the shackle? I mean, I don't know. You saw it with your own eyes, didn't you? I mean, obviously. Oh, I saw it. I'm sure it wasn't a fake. <laughs> That's why they had to make sure they showed him flipping a car at some point. Yeah. So you could yeah. believe it. That was so <laughs> I, I, I almost forgot about it, but in the beginning, doesn't he grab like a pelican or something like that from a, a log and yes. grab oh, him yeah. second under the water? <laughs> yeah. I was not sure if that bird was going to be alive again after seeing that. Was that a real bird? I think it, it was a real, real bird. It looked yeah. like a real bird. Like, how did they get that bird to do that? Yeah, it just grabs it and brings it under the water. So yeah. I wasn't sure. And it was like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. I, I you thought, know, they tranked it. <laughs> yes. It, uh, yeah. But I, I would say this, uh, as we uh, 
we go ahead and, and wrap this one up and uh, rate it. I think don't expect the quality of movie that the first one is. But I think if you're more like you want to see more creature, this one gives you that. I mean, it, it takes a while to get going, but once it does get going, you you do get a lot of creature, like roaming around and throwing people around and flipping act, cars yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I think for a lot of people that might make this one more enjoyable than the first one, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and, and say that I'm going to give this one a, a seven out of 10, seven out of 10. Uh, how about you, Vin? Yeah, like a 7.5. Uh, I, it's one that I would not mind watching again. Um, you know, especially with my kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, 7.5. Did your kids seem to enjoy it? Yeah, they definitely did. They did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Taminator. Um, yeah, I'd say about the same, probably like a 7.5. This movie just made me happy, like, maybe not for the reasons they were intending, but I found myself, like, laughing quite a bit, but not in a mean way, just, like, he he cracked me up walking around in the suit, he cracked me up when he, like, was, like, at the club and at the hotel, and I don't know, it just made me happy, you know, so I definitely enjoyed it, and it's, I would watch it again, I don't know if I'd, like, seek it out and, like, specifically sit down but it would be a good thing to like just have on or yeah and definitely you could if you have younger kids you could watch this with them yeah. i think they'd have fun with it so. like a like a background movie yeah yeah or, or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. this is one i could see definitely going like down to disney world and you know if they, they've got this restaurant that's like a drive-in mm-hmm. theater but it's inside and mm-hmm. like there's all the tables are like 50s cars and cars, sit in yeah, there. Yep. And uh oh, but all they do is show trailers. I that know me off. Yeah. Show a daggone show. But this yeah. would be good <laughs> in that because people would be sitting there, they'd be laughing. Because come on, it's funny when you look at it. It really uh, was funny, but like and, in a really good way, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. No, not funny like this is the worst stuff in the world. Right. It's funny in the in the way like I mean, 1955, that this was, you know, cutting edge or yeah. you know. <laughs> It's just kind of funny. Yep. So, uh, how about you, Jessica? Uh, so, I'm a little lower than you guys on this one. I actually gave it a six and a half out of ten. Right. Um, and that's mostly just because of like the clunky writing and directing mm-hmm. for me. I felt like it needed like a better focal point for the story. And then yeah, I, I really did have a lot of problems with how they were treating Helen. And I know it's the 50s. But we watched those other movies and it didn't seem as bad. (laughs) Um, It felt like really gross to me in this one, especially. So it was kind of taking me out because I kept getting really angry on her behalf. Um, I'm like, take her seriously. (laughs) She's here to work. And she said right away, you know, that she was they were there to do a job and that they were going to have to leave in a couple of weeks. And then it was like she just relinquished all of that sensical <laughs> stuff that she had said almost immediately because there's all these guys hitting on her. Well, but I mean, she almost, she admitted, she's like, well, I can't, you know, it's not like that for me. Cause I'm a woman and you know, yeah. it's just like, she almost didn't take herself seriously. You know, maybe the creature was the good guy trying to take her away from all that. Yeah, do we know that he, she didn't was, like the he creature? He was back? the real gentleman. 
Yep. Yeah, and I love all the. She was being pulled over. Yep. I do love all the all the creature stuff, and all those scenes are great. And then I was also trying to give it a rating based on how I rate the first one and how I feel about that one. Um, So it was a six and a half for me. And I would say too, just uh, you know, we've said this in the past, but usually when we're rating these things, we're rating them according to like 1950s. You right. know, like when we yeah. say like, you know, even if you say 6.5, it's not like 2021 6.5, you know, it's like, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's it's, it's putting it inside the context yeah. of the, the time period and what they're yes. going for and do they succeed. And right. um, so when, when people hear our, our ratings, hopefully they they understand that, uh, you know, that you, you have to you have to put it within a certain context. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Filmmaking yeah. has come a long way, you know. Right. And, you know. Yeah. But, well, and I do uh, kind of feel like I enjoy this more in my six point five land than more modern movies that I give a six point yes, five. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. <laughs> yep. True. True. All right. Well, that does it for our first review. We're going to take a quick break, give you a chance to go to the uh, snack shop, and when we get back, we're going to get into tarantula. Let's all go to the lobby. We should try some today. We are the intermission quartet. Some quartet. We sell refreshments at the Met. At the Met? So if you should want to get delicious ice cream, soft drink, popcorn, candy, candy, I like candy. It tastes good dandy and comes in handy when I fight the bull. A popcorn puffy, so crisp and fluffy, we all eat popcorn until we're full. Oh, how I love the soft drinks here. They taste as good as the lager beer. And now our operetta ends. We'll have an intermission, friend. All right. Well, hopefully you've got your popcorn, you've got your Cracker Jacks, maybe a hot dog. With ketchup. No, uh, mustard only. Mustard Ooh. only? Okay. I love that, uh, the the one little uh, cartoon where the where the hot dog flips into the bun. That's my favorite. <laughs> Please tell me you've seen it. Come on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into uh, another 1955 movie. We're doing this one second because this one came out in November. Uh, and, and the Revenge of the Creature had come out, I believe, in March or May. So... And this is Tarantula. This is one hour and 20 minutes, horror sci-fi. Again, came out in November of 1955. I didn't say this for the the first one, but this one's got a six and a half out of 10, uh, nearly 9,000 reviews on um, IMDb. And I think this is a pretty well-known 50s, like schlocky drive-in movie. I I really, I think the same director. As our uh, first movie, Jack Arnold, uh, he he did a lot of movies, didn't he? Back in the fifties, uh, Incredible oh, yeah. Shrinking Man, which we did last year. Um, yeah. uh, it came where from say, Creature from the Black Lagoon. We already said, yep, came from outer space. He was he was a genuine yeah. like sci-fi fan. So yeah, yeah, this island Earth. That's weird. He was uncredited for directing that, but anyway. But good, good director from the 50s. Uh, written screenplay by Robert M. Fresco and Martin Berkeley, who also helped write Revenge of the Creature. Um, let's see. And Jack Arnold and Fresco worked on the story. So Jack Arnold probably came up with this idea, and Fresco and Berkeley fleshed it out. 
starring, that's right, John Hagar as Dr. Matt Hastings. He's always playing a doctor or a professor or something. Mm. What the heck? <laughs> uh, this is your girl, right? Mara Corday. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that the one you, you were salivating over? Yes. Uh, uh, Stephanie <laughs> Steve Clayton. Leo G. Carroll. Love this guy. As Professor Gerald Deemer. <laughs> Nestor Pav. Is it Pava? Paeva? How do you say it? Paeva, maybe. Paeva? I don't know. I think he's Portuguese yeah. descent. I don't know how to speak Portuguese, so <laughs> just uh, go with whatever. <laughs> uh, Sheriff Jack Andrews, Ross Elliott as Joe Birch, Edwin Rand, Raymond Bailey, Hank Patterson, Bert Holland, and Steve Darrell round out the cast. Again, we had a uh, uh, Clint Eastwood sighting as Jet Squadron leader. He is uh, uncredited in this. So that is not something that we were thinking about. Hey, let's do two uh, Clint Eastwood film. Uh, that's, yeah. I wouldn't even call this Clint Eastwood film. But he's in there. Let's go ahead and let's roll this trailer. And when we get back, we'll give the synopsis and give our thoughts. circumstances were to magnify one of them in size and strength, took it out of its primitive world and turned it loose in ours, then expect something that's fiercer, more cruel and deadly than anything that ever walked the earth. Even science was stunned. The new atomic miracle should have been mankind's greatest boon. Instead, when such power to cause phenomenal growth proved dangerously unstable, man was confronted with his most shocking blunder. The isotope triggered our nutrient into a nightmare. A blunder that transformed a tiny insect into the hundred-foot spider that was now ravaging the panic-stricken countryside. back and if you cannot deduce this this is about a giant spider <laughs> a spider escapes from an isolated arizona desert laboratory experimenting in giantism and grows to tremendous size as it wreaks havoc on the local inhabitants all right i'm gonna let uh jessica go first jessica had you seen this before and what were your first impressions um no i hadn't seen it before and my first impression was that it had to be somewhere close to my homeland um, mm -hmm. because I'm from Palm Springs originally in California. And all the Joshua trees and the big boulders and such looked like the high desert area near us, mm -hmm. um, you know, in Joshua Tree National Park. Yep. Um, and it turns out it's in Apple Valley, so that is still pretty close. But my first impression's like, oh, it's home. And I'm very familiar with this kind of landscape. Um 
And I'll just give it away and say that this was my favorite of the three. I really enjoyed this one, but I love like giant bugs and <laughs> uh, <laughs> science experiments gone awry. Um, and yeah, seeing the desert uh, did make me a little homesick. Mm. And I think that Leo Carroll is amazing. Uh, and he's my favorite part of this movie. I loved him a lot. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go next. And I'm going to echo some of that same stuff. Leo Carroll was my my favorite part uh, of the movie. I thought he did a really good job. This is a guy that's been in, I mean, just countless, countless stuff. Um, uh, you would probably know him best. Uh, I mean, he was in um, Rebecca, which is Hitchcock. He's in Suspicion. He's in uh, Spellbound. Did a lot of Hitchcock stuff. He's in North by Northwest. My in North by Northwest. <laughs> Father of the Bride, the original yep. one. Wasn't that Cary Grant was the the lead in that? Strangers on a Train. This is a this is a very familiar character actor. And then in his later years, uh, in the sixties and and all that, he went into a lot of TV. So Man from Uncle and and all that. So, but there's he reminds me a little bit of like a poor man's like Boris Karloff. Or something, you know, he kind of has that that kind of look, and and maybe that kind of like accent. Did anybody else get that at all? He's got no? that very heavy forehead. Yeah, yeah. I get, maybe that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really good. I thought like I'm trying to think whether I liked this or them better, and I think I like them better. Uh, I think them is, is a better movie, but. But this is still pretty good. This is this is not far behind them as far as like giant bug movies go. Goes and by the way, there's a lot of them in. in the, I think in the this is considered the the best giant insect movie after them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, them was the and original. Started it all. Yeah, yeah, I would agree because I thought it was a very smart screenplay. Uh, I, I liked the. The fact that, you know, the, the scientists, they were trying to do something good for humanity. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying mm-hmm. to, to, to do this thing so that, that people will be fed as the population grows. And then they're trying to do this and, and, you know, uh, it, it goes awry. <laughs> so, um, and I thought that the, the special effects were, you know, a little, little, little cheesy. Uh, but I thought that, that last scene where the tarantula is on fire, whatever, spoiler alert. Okay. The tarantula <laughs> doesn't eat everybody. They do defeat the tarantula. Okay. It's 1955 people. You should have seen it by now, but, um, that looked really good. I thought that looked really good. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the tarantula is a little, I don't know. It doesn't look like it belongs. Okay. It's not as good as them because them remember, didn't they create the big bugs? Yes, they did. They created the big bugs and they were, you know, actual things. This thing is, is like a, it's overlaid, right? Onto the yeah, screen. Yeah, these optical effects. Yeah. 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 But it's still, still is pretty cool. And it's pretty terrifying. Uh, I would think like from 19, for 1955, uh, this would scare a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, this thing kills people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it kills several people in there. And um, you think about it, you can't really outrun it because it's gi- It's getting 
bigger by the daggone hour. Yes. And uh, you know, big giant pools of venom. The the cow um, skeletons. I mean, it was it was that's pretty creepy. Yeah. So I, I liked I liked this movie a lot. I like this movie. I like this movie, uh, just like Jessica said, the best out of the three that we're talking about tonight. So, um, Vin, what about you? Uh, are we doing first impression still? Yep. <laughs> okay. I, you kind of did a mini review there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if we were in the review now. <laughs> first impression. Uh, no, like I said, this was my daughter's first like horror film. Um, and she had such a good time with it. Uh, at one point she had to go get water from the other room and she heard like the, the spider music come on, you know, like that cue music. And she came running in crying because she thought she was missing a spider scene. So I had to rewind it and make sure that she saw it. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, we, we get a little bit of body horror in here, uh, in the first half, which I appreciated because otherwise it is a little bit of a slow first half. Um, you know, I, you've got, Agar playing a tool again, um, you know, and of course it strains credulity that people wouldn't be seeing this enormous spider walking around sooner than they do. Uh, but once the spider action starts, it's it's fun. Uh, it's it's a really fun movie. Um, yeah, so I had a good time with this one. Yeah, had you seen this before? Uh, no, I think I had seen like little sne- scenes of it before, like little snippets, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen it all the way through. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. When that dude at the beginning was wandering in the desert looking like an ape or something. I, don't know. What, what is, yeah. I was like, what man. is going on here? I don't yeah. even, I thought this was about a spider. What is this guy? <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 I mean, you said it was a little slow at the beginning, but I, I liked it because it wasn't, you know, it, it was setting the stage and it was, and it was getting into a story. And, and I, I appreciated that. Uh, Taminator, your first impressions. Um, I agree with all you guys. This was also my favorite. And, Aside from that, it was just a really fleshed out good story. Um, this wasn't just about, I didn't feel like with the other ones, it wasn't just about the creature on the screen. I mean, that was some of it. But this one just felt like a full story to me. And I thought the special effects were really good, to be honest with you. The only time I mm-hmm. thought it looked really fake was when they were doing the spider point of view, or you're like looking down on the people. <laughs> just look screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, like the giant animals in the cages and stuff, I thought that looked really good and also i just absolutely hate spiders so the idea of this to me is genuinely (laughs) scary that if one of these bites you and you're gonna blow up and look like the elephant man and all that and you can't get away just like it that's pretty terrifying to me i'm not saying this movie is scary or anything like that but i don't know i just thought it was the most fleshed out and i just but it would be to to a kid in 1955 i think it would be Absolutely. I think it would be. Yeah. It wasn't treated as uh, schlocky or, you know, zany or any of that. Not at uh, all. Not at all. And especially if you have like a fear of spiders, this is going to get you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Especially from 1955. Like I, I think about you know, um, it's kind of like a a comedy horror thriller, but arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. God. I hate to that. me, that's scary because <laughs> yes. I hate spiders, yes. hate them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine an insect that I would rather, you know, it, it, this is the worst one to get yes. this big, mm-hmm. you know, an ant. Okay. I can, yeah. I can deal with, I mean, he's still going to kill me, but this is just so 
uh, creepy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's funny because my, my mother is like seriously arachnophobic. I think like when she used to sunbathe as a teenager, her brothers would collect daddy long legs in jars and then throw them on her while she, oh, she was out God. sunbathing. Uh, so she has like serious arachnophobia and it rubbed off on me when I was younger. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would get like almost like, you know, strong reactions whenever I'd see them. Yeah. Uh, but I've kind of like pulled myself out of it um, just by especially hanging out with like jumping spiders. Because mm-hmm. they're like they're adorable, um, so I would just like they're start hanging adorable. out with them. Yeah, like and I would like I find one in my house and I just kind of like hang out with them for a while and like take them places. And and now like just like the other night, I had I was like laying in bed with on my phone, and all of a sudden I felt something on my finger, <laughs> like a black oh, spider no. had like went down like right on my finger, and I shook it off and it went on my leg, and you know. But like I I turned on the the phone on my light and I saw him there on my bed and I flicked him off, and then I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and found him, and he was like on the other side of the room, like on his back, like stunned. <laughs> so I kind of like helped him up again and took him out of the room. And, you know. Oh my so I've, god! I've gone, I've gone like all the way on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> you're you're the spider whisperer now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, I, I, I hate to smack. tell my you this. My wife always wants me to kill them, and I always catch them and bring them outside now. And <laughs> I hate to tell you this. Uh, I see spider. I kill spider. That's yeah. just the way it is, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking at like, uh, is he cute or whatever. Uh, no, when I, when I used to work on those uh, red box machines, uh, dude, I found black widows in those things all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't play around. No, if, if it's spot. a black widow or brown recluse or something like that, I'm what? not gonna mess around with that. But yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how to tell what a brown recluse is. You no, know, I just see spider and that's it. Yeah. I don't they have like a, a guitar case shape on their back almost. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, and they're, yeah. not, they're not real hairy, are they? Oh, they're brown, but they're not like traditionally hairy. Yeah. But, because there's, you know, there's those big house spiders that get <laughs> like the size of a daggone half dollar. <laughs> and they look a little little hairy, but they're brown. And I'm like, is that a is that a brown recluse? No, and, they're smaller. A lot of the grass yeah. spiders usually get inside the house. They're the ones that make the webs out in the grass that you see, like in the dew in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones get in the house a lot, but they're harmless. I mean, they're not yeah. going to do anything. Yeah, I would like to go on the record and say that I love spiders and all bugs and insects, and I'm a total <laughs> nature nerd. And when I was a kid, the first thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up was an entomologist until I found out you have to kill bugs to become an entomologist. Yeah. Um, so I love spiders. Yeah. I know we kind of got off on a tangent, but uh, I... <laughs> yeah. it's, it's relative to, you know, spiders. Uh, fear of spiders yeah so, uh... yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> definitely and i think it's 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 really one of the uh biggest fears of, of a lot of people it's oh, not yeah. better snakes yeah. yeah it's not rare so yeah and i always make the joke that i married my husband because he always put spiders outside and he was actually he was bench pressing in our garage gym one day and one of those giant house spiders was above him on the ceiling and he came and got me and was like look at this thing that was on the ceiling above me and then he <laughs> collected it and saved it and put it outside yeah. and i was like if that and thing it, fell on you while you were bench pressing you could have died yeah. i would have lost my mind and it was true love yeah. it was true love yeah. <laughs> so yeah the only thing that could have been worse is if this spider like um spun a web or like encased people in oh. in thread because tarantulas don't do that 
right? They're, they're, right. They live in the ground. They, yeah. So that would have been even worse. Um, <laughs> did everyone give their first impressions? Yes. All right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about some things that we liked about it um, more so than what we've already been talking about. Somebody go. Go. Well, I mean, I let's just start. So, yeah, go ahead. Go. Um, so I know that the, the special effect of the spider maybe didn't look really great, but I thought it, um, all the nighttime scenes looked pretty good, you know, and it's darker, so mm-hmm. it's not lit up as much. And seeing them use, like, the hills effectively to kind of hide it, yeah. like, it's creeping around behind the hills. I thought that that was really smart. Um, There's two uh, farmers or hobos or whoever they were <laughs> oh, yeah. out there with the, on the foot with the fire. Yeah. Yeah. They, came, yeah. over, they, they came over the hill. That, that yeah. did look good. I love that scene, and I love that they use the spider sounds instead of just music stingers to make you, you know, be afraid. Because yeah. that was something, like, in the original um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, they do that a lot. Oh, it's, it's like, like every five uh, seconds. Every time yeah. you see his hand come out of water or something. Mm-hmm. And that kind of bugs me sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I, gotta, I remember getting at my nerves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought that that was cool that you could hear, like, the spider sound getting slightly louder as he's getting closer. I, I think the spider growls a couple times, which is kind of weird for a spider to do. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> well, you, don't, you don't know. Like, like, a little, Can like, you hear a spider Yeah, growl? exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe they do. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, but like, those I didn't know like the, the spider, spider is it's well integrated. Yeah. The effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean Although there is one scene where it's going to crawl behind a hill and its leg just kind of gets chopped off in midair. I saw they that. edited it yeah. incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you this, Vin. Uh you said the the dude that was running, he kept falling. Yeah. He he would have got left behind. Uh, would you have? I mean, come on now. There is a <laughs> there is a spider the size of a huge building, and this guy cannot run without fall. <laughs> he falls like four times. No. I would have helped him bad. once. Yeah. I would have helped him once, and then it would have been over. I would have yeah. been I'm not saying I would have gone back for him. I just thought it was funny that he kept falling. Like, yeah. This is like yeah. you know, we, we think of this as, as like a you know a trope of the slashers, but yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I thought to go back to the um the animals in the lab. Mm-hmm. What did we see there again? We saw a big guinea pig. Yeah. That um, was pretty cool looking. Um, we saw the spider before it got huge. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think what else. I'm remembering the guinea pig. Yeah, I it think was, a big was rat. there also a rat. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't was know. There I a rabbit or looked, something? I thought they yeah. looked really good. I yeah, did. yeah, I thought it looked good too. Yeah, and I was like, okay, how's this spider going to get out of there? And I didn't, I didn't see it coming that his partner was going to come back and, uh, or was his part? Was his? No, it wasn't his partner. Was I was it? confused it was, about it. Was it was their assistant? Their assistant. Their I, assistant I, I was yeah. confused. I had to read who that was. I was kind of yeah. confused there. Yeah, because at first I thought it was the guy coming back from the morgue, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But his assistant coming down, and did he? I mean, that was they should have showed it when he uh, took that uh, injection or took the needle, and he was like, "I'm going to get you back," you know, mm-hmm. uh, and injects him. I wish they'd have showed that because they yeah. they didn't really show it, so you had to 
assume that's what happened. But um, yeah. yeah, they have a, a strange like explanation for everything because mm-hmm. um, it you know it, it does kind of relate to nuclear fears because they have like this synthetic nutrient that's like mm-hmm. made from i think like a radioactive isotope they say yeah. um you know and the scientist he says like in the year 2000 there's gonna be like three billion yeah. people i wrote you know? all and that down i'm and like dude you are you are underestimating yes. a lot you know <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but like this nutrient is making them grow larger i don't think the, the purpose of the thing wasn't to make them grow larger it was just to give them a nutrient where they wouldn't have to feed them but the effect of the nutrient is that it gets bigger but it's just like why the hell are you doing this with a tarantula like i don't it didn't make sense for why you would be testing it on that thing, but uh, eh, just go with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The because... one I felt like it was mostly well written, but the one thing I thought was that didn't really match up was he said that his partner and their lab assistant had injected themselves at mm-hmm. some point. So why is that guy all mad at um, the professor Deemer about it if he like told them not to do it? Because <laughs> that's what he later well, said. Maybe he lied. That's what I was thinking, but then they don't really explain it. It's just that when he's talking about what happened, he's like, I told them not to do that, and then they did. But then that guy came back and was obviously, you know, mad at him about it. So I'm not sure if it was just misplaced because he's just upset in general that he's about to die or or if that guy lied. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Vin, not that I'm going to say that... um, this this lady that you like here, Mara Corday, uh, wasn't wasn't pretty. But like, what what purpose did she serve? Like, was it just to have a girl in the movie, or was it like she was the one like the go between? I guess between the what was happening at the the lab and the um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that she's our she's the audience's eyes in the lab yeah. to see what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, she doesn't play a huge role. Uh, like yeah, I, I said, this, given her more this movie is worse towards women than I think even the last yes. one was. Oh my God. <laughs> like when she has that one line, she's like, science is science, but a girl must get her hair done. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I literally put <laughs> a roll in my notes. <laughs> and then like at one point, the, the guy, I think he's like a pharmacist talking to the doctor about like prescriptions. And he says something just like, oh, like, it, like a woman, she just leave it on the shelf or something. Like, and he makes some kind of comment like, like mm-hmm. women apparently just let their prescriptions go bad. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, this this was not this was not the kindest, uh, you know, most generous look towards women in this one at all. No, and like there's that one scene where she was in the middle of doing some experiment or something, and she has to go cook, and then she's doing all of this in like these Vogue outfits straight out of Vogue and in heels, and yeah, going to get her <laughs> hair done, and it's like she is running from the tarantula in heels. Okay, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, it seems like they show her in the lab being mm-hmm. active as his assistant. Uh, yeah, she does do some science. Yeah. <laughs> well, she comes we there and she's like, I'm going to be your assistant or whatever. And he's like, right away, he's like, yeah, and like the housekeeper and the cook and everything else. And I was like, wow, that's quite an internship you have there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, everybody is bad at their jobs in this. Like, John Agar, as, like, Dr. Matt Hastings, he's a terrible doctor. The like, sheriff is and, terrible, too. Uh, well, I mean, first you got Agar, okay? He's like, <laughs> yeah. like he has that one quote, he's like, uh, freaks of any kind, give me the willies. 
like dude you're a doctor like <laughs> you're supposed to help people uh and like he there's the, he, they find the white stuff on the ground he he tastes he it tastes he just, oh like, my god <laughs> i'm like what the hell <laughs> i've noted that as well you might want to put that you might want to put that in a jar yeah. like yeah. you know well, which he did know, he's well but why would you taste he, it he's, he's also got this scene where he's at the lab uh talking with stevie you know and he gets a call there and he says, like, oh, I got to go. It's one of the penalties of being a doctor. Like, he just got called away for, I guess, a patient. And he leaves her. Then he goes and, like, stops at the rocks. And then he runs to the sheriff and he goes wrong with the sheriff. I'm like, dude, what happened to your patient that was, like, in need of you, you know, that you had to leave? Um, he's, he's just awful. He's, he's terrible. <laughs> I thought, for me, the worst part of the movie that really took me out of it was that he would know every single medical anomaly or science-related thing just because he's a doctor. And I'm like, <laughs> doctors and scientists are specialized. You're not yeah. going to be able to look at the vial through the window in the lab and be like, oh, that's You're a nice general isn't it? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then him knowing. You get recognized like, like insect venom. venom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in a, in a, in a and knowing about the rare disease that <laughs> yeah. affects the yeah. scientists in the beginning. Which, like, you do way, not know all that. You find <laughs> that a lot in the these older movies. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say that's the wrong name. It's not acromegalia. It's acromegaly. For once, I get to be the smart one, Vin, and let my mm. training come in. <laughs> but you find that in these older movies, like they're just professors and doctors, and they don't have any specialities. It's just they they know everything because they're a professor <laughs> or a doctor. You know. Oh yeah, and, and sometimes their pronunciation is hilarious of things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I think it was the uh, attack of the fifty foot woman. They pronounce something in a really weird way. I forget what it is. I, uh, I can't remember it now. I'm trying to remember. I think there, there's, is it uh, Invaders from Mars? Do they call them the mutants? Instead of mutants, mutants. or something like that. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes, like, these, like, these were newer words in the 50s that we didn't quite get a hold of how, yeah. how we were going to pronounce them. But Since you brought up the 50-foot woman, did you guys see that paralleling scene where the spider arm comes in and grabs, I think it's her, grabs somebody from the house. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the... Plastic arm the big from Attack hand. of the Fifty. Yeah. The big, the big floppy. Yeah, like, yeah, like floppy appendage flapping things around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah this wasn't quite as bad as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I will say that that attack scene in the house was really good. Yes, it yeah. was really. Um, good. But it was funny. There was that one scene where the spider was just looking in the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My, my, my kids were on the edge of their seats, though, when that, that whole thing happened. So uh, it definitely worked on them. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. And I actually liked the spider POV shots, too. <laughs> oh, I liked them, too. I just thought awesome. they were the only ones that looked. You were like, oh, boy, that, that is some not good yeah. effects. <laughs> you, you're talking about where, where you're looking up at the spider's fangs? No, when yeah. it's, no, it's no, like when, looking when you are the spider's the fangs. Point of view. <laughs> Yeah, because I I thought I thought like um, you know when people fell and and the spider was coming and you look up, I guess they had to you know create at least that the head of the spider with the fang. I thought that looked okay. Oh no, that looked yeah. good. It was the other way around that looked a little silly. I don't even remember what that looked like. What it that? was a very obvious it, overlay at that point. It's just the, yeah, it's just the camera peering down on people zooming down, but then there are like the two like appendage like feeler. Legs yeah. or something uh, like that that are in the front. Floppy arms. I never even noticed <laughs> yeah. that. I never even noticed that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, all right. Well, anything um, 
I mean, we all we all enjoyed this one. We think it's a pretty decent uh, big bug movie, even though, uh, yes, I understand spiders are arachnids, not bugs. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, let's not look. But uh, is there anything, like, really bad that really, uh, you know, besides for, like, the, the, the way that women were portrayed? <laughs> and, no, that's, like, that, my only... My only diss, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I really loved all the scenes with um Leo Carroll, you know, as he's becoming more and more disfigured. And there's this yeah. scene where he's kind of creeping around in the shadows coming down the stairs when Steve's yeah. on the Yeah. Phone. Like there's a lot of those kind of shots that I felt like were really memorable. Um yeah, I, I love when they throw a monkey at him. <laughs> yeah, what the heck was that? <laughs> Is that just his lab pet? Yeah, his monkey. It's like a fake jump scare. They just throw the monkey right at him. Yeah. It's just so obvious somebody chucked it to him from off camera. Barry and his assistant. And yeah. Yeah. this monkey. <laughs> yeah. What was that? And then I did want to ask Vin. Um, I thought that Mara Corday looked a lot like Gina Gershon. Um, yeah, I can I see that. Yeah, from oh, like Face Off so and beautiful. Showgirls yeah. and stuff. Because I kept, when I was looking at her, I was like, man, she really reminds me of somebody. And then I was like, oh, I know who it is. She reminds me of uh, Gina Gershon. And they have that same little kind of side smirk and the alluring yeah. eyes. I will say, she was in another movie that you have to see to believe. Uh, the Giant Claw. It is like about a, a giant like vulture or something. I don't remember exactly what kind of bird it is. It is the most awful special effects. Uh, it is like this, the dumbest looking yeah. puppet that you have ever seen. Um, I've seen clips of it's it. It's wonderful. It is just wonderful 50s cheese. Awesome. Um, oh, I remember seeing an interview with her. She always had, I guess, a pretty good attitude about the whole thing. But I remember seeing an interview with her where she was like, that's one of the reasons why actors didn't like doing sci-fi movies back in the 50s. Mm. is because they had no control over the special effects. So it didn't right. matter how good you were in the movie. If they if they screw up the special effects, it's just going to look absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah my, my kids, though, in this movie, they did recognize that uh, when they give, like, the little educational video, uh, mm-hmm. in, like, halfway through the movie, they talk about how fast a tarantula can go. Yeah. And my kids kept waiting for the tarantula to run. <laughs> <laughs> they kept wondering why it's going so slow. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's going to run, guys. <laughs> Maybe... Uh... You know the the size. Yeah, the gravity's working slowed on slowed down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you, you know that Mara Corday is still alive? Yeah, ninety-one years old. Jeez, oh yeah, I saw that. We should have got her for an interview. Think she remembers <laughs> anything? I've thought about that so many times when we do these. Is seeing if the people who are still alive would like do an interview and even remember. I Some of them would, I bet. Yeah. That'd be so cool. How often yeah. do they get asked anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, next next uh, time that we do this in July, I'll look up some people, and if they're still alive, I'll try to contact them. Oh, that'd be so cool, and she is so pretty. Um, I have two other little notes that I think are fun, which is that Mara was the Playboy Playmate of the Month in October of 1958. Mm-hmm. Hold so up, man. The, the centerfold that year. I'm looking it up right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she actually. 19. She's naked in it. Yeah, they weren't completely naked back then. Yeah, she's just hot in clothes. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I think the girl from the first movie 
is better looking. Well, you can have that girl, Mark. Okay. Yeah. Lynn <laughs> and I will fight over her. Right. <laughs> I did. I thought she was uh, just more more attractive, but that's just me. I, I thought she was hot too, yeah. but I'm more of a brunette kind of girl. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to. We don't have to choose. Okay. <laughs> we love all. Let's all just love them all. <laughs> and then my last note was that um, Leo Carroll and the Tarantula are mentioned in the Rocky Horror Picture Show opening theme song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just fun for me. It I was is. listening to the soundtrack today. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> All right. Um, did you know that the spider that portrayed the tarantula also appeared in The Incredible Shrinking Man? We said that when we covered The Incredible Shrinking Man. But then it been correct you last time? Yeah, I think that that was a false trivia. As far Are, as you sure? yeah, Are you sure? Are you sure? I think they actually the cooked some of them. <laughs> Uh, I, I think there was something about yeah, needing the yeah. needing like a really strong lamp or something like that, and some of yeah. the tarantula was getting cooked or something. <laughs> right, I remember that. It, it comes yeah. from the same group it's of the same director. Yes, yeah. same director. You know, yeah, I remember that. Now. So, all right, all right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get this one rated. I'm going to go first again, and I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say seven and a half. Out of 10, uh, I don't remember what I rated them. Probably like eight and a half. I really enjoy them. And this was just a just a, a peg down from them, but uh, still really enjoyable. Um, I, I'll, I'll watch this one again. I'll watch this one again for sure. And uh, yeah, this would be a great remake. I wish they would mm-hmm. remake it. So, um, Taminator. I think we should mention that these are Mark's picks. Did you ever say that at any I time? I did not. I did not. So, yeah. Um, so good job. <laughs> All right. So if, since we are rating this for what it is, I, as far as a 1950s drive-in movie, this is a, a nine for me. Mm-hmm. Not the same as a two. Okay. We've made that clear. It's not a 2021 nine, but it is a 1956 or five or whatever nine. This This one has everything. And I just had such a good time with this and i think because i you know do understand about being scared of spiders and that kind of thing i just this is this is i know why we're lumping it in as a schlocky drive-in movie but this is just kind of like a step above for me and i just really had the best time with this and i was really engaged for the whole thing and i thought it looked really good for what it was so i'm giving it a very high drive-in score yep i could see that and I, I would actually say this along with my rating is uh I would purchase this on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll probably be looking to 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 do that. So I think it's worth a purchase. Uh, Vin. Yeah, I'm I'm at about an eight. Um, which eight for me is that? Yeah, I wouldn't mind owning it, and I would rewatch it. Um, so yeah, uh, same thing. I I had fun with it. My kids had fun with it, and I wouldn't mind returning this again. Plus, it's sentimental. Your daughter's first horror movie. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you better, you better buy it. Yeah. Well, I own it in, in a collection of films, but oh, you know, you? I wouldn't is mind it, having it by itself. Is it Blu-ray? No, it's it's like DVDs. DVD? Like okay, okay. Is it available uh, on Blu-ray? Uh, I don't know. I'll take yeah, a look. I'm not positive, but yeah. All right, Jessica. Yeah, um, I really like the makeup effects a lot, and um, I thought the acting was mostly pretty good overall. 
um, and that there's a lot of memorable memorable scenes um, that are probably going to stick in my brain, especially for being an artist. I guess there's stuff like that that I always get stuck in my brain and think about often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the camera tricks that were used um, to portray a giant tarantula were pretty good for the time, and that there was only a couple of times where it looked particularly bad. Um, and during the three movies uh, that we're covering, this was the one where I definitely took down the most notes, uh, which is probably a good sign. I was more excited while watching this than the others. Yeah. Um but uh, overall, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten, like Mark, and I mm-hmm. will definitely rewatch it. Okay, I did want to say that this is on Blu-ray yeah. by itself. It is right now one of Amazon's choice, so you can save twenty twenty-seven percent off of it. Sixteen dollars and seventy-nine cents for the Blu-ray. Um. And then you could get the DVD for thirteen ninety nine, or the VHS so, for five ninety nine. The VHS, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I just don't even own a VHS anymore. <laughs> I own some VHS tapes, but uh, I got no way to play them. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's any. Doesn't say it's a two K scan of the original film, audio commentary. With film historians Tom Weaver, Dr. Robert J. Kiss, and David Schechter. So, yeah, there you go. Probably be worth it. 16 bucks. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to go into our last movie, The Mole People. Over there. Over where? Over there. Over here? No, over there. Over there! The warehouse is in danger, the goodies we must save. All officers report at once, the situation's grave. Go get them, boys! For goodness sake! The culprits must be stopped! We'll make the scene with our siren, Arizona pop as pop. Aha! The guilty ones are trembling, now perform their mission. But the climax is at Captain Phil. We have an intermission. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into 1956's The Mall People. Uh, came out in December 1956, one hour and 17 minutes. It is a fast-moving film, uh, meaning it's not very long. It's adventure, adventure fantasy, horror, um, and I would, I would say in that order, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Got five out of ten out of about 3,000 or so reviews on IMDb directed by Virgil W. Vogel, uh, written by Lazo Garogue. And guess what? We got another John Agar movie <laughs> and guess what? He plays a doctor. No, <laughs> Dr. Roger Bentley, uh, Cynthia Patrick, uh, Hugh Beaumont, Dak Gowen, Ward Cleaver is in this movie, uh, which I could not get out of my head. I just couldn't get out of my head. Alan Napier is in this movie as Elinu, the high priest. That's daggone Alfred from Batman. Yes. We've got Nestor again, Paiva. This is uh, all, th- all three of these movies, all star John Agar and Nestor Paiva. Uh, he is professor. Uh, I don't know how you say it. E10. Etienne. Uh, Etienne Lafarge. Etienne. Lafarge, uh, 
he was the the old fat one that couldn't keep up. Um, <laughs> Bill Chambers as Dr. Paul Stewart, Rod Redwing as Nazar, Robin Hughes, and Frank Baxter. And uh, I'm looking, no Clint Eastwood. No Clint Eastwood in this one, guys. Sorry about that. That's what was wrong. Uh, might just be uncredited. <laughs> might be, might be. Maybe. It might have been mole person number five. <laughs> mole person number five. That's right. All right, so let's play the trailer. When we get back, I'll give you the uh, synopsis, and we'll talk about our first impressions. were in 3000 BC. To reach this lost civilization, science had followed a trail through burning desert sands, through the roaring avalanches of Mount Kuitara, and finally deep into the bowels of the earth. Not even history had recorded the existence of this unknown empire of darkness. There is no world beyond ours. If I ever get out of here, into my world. The world of light and flowers? Would you come with me? Never before had outsiders beheld such sights. The sacred ritual of the sun death. The blazing sacrificial chambers. The court of the all-powerful high priests of Ishtar. You will die in the fire of Ishtar. The blood-lusting mole people storming from their subterranean caverns. Party of archaeologists, yes, archaeologists. Little little indie uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones here. Yeah. Yeah, did you get that? Like a fifties yeah, Indiana yep. Jones. Yeah. Yep. Uh, discovers the remnants of a mutant five millennia old Sumerian civilization living beneath a glacier atop a mountain in Mesopotamia. As you do. <laughs> yes, as you do. Um, I'm going to go. So Iraq to... is known for its glaciers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to go to you first, Van. First impressions. Uh, well, in Western Connecticut, we have actually a really kind of uh, cool monster museum. Um, mm-hmm. It's called like the Witch's Dungeon Classic Monster Museum. It's done by a guy who's been collecting movie props and making life-size replicas of classic movie monsters since like the 1960s, I think. Um, so last halloween season we went through and my son can identify all of the things except for the mole people uh because we hadn't seen that one yet so i knew that i would eventually have to watch it with him um so he watched this one with me and uh we both enjoyed it um and since we had already watched tarantula by that point he immediately recognized john agar and nestor by (laughs) by eva uh right away um so you know he's he's starting to pick up in all the movies in the 50s right yeah (laughs) and then when we ended up watching you know uh Revenge of the Creature, he's like, wait a minute. 
<laughs> so he's he's catching on to a uh, an actor's job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this movie is it's cheap in many ways. Um, I know it's one that actually gets made fun of a lot. I think this was on uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand at one yeah, point. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. It's available on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. But for the most part, I thought this was fun. Um, I respected it for its ambition, most of all, even if some of the choices were oddly lazy by contrast. Uh, There's a weird mixture here. Um, But overall, I did have fun with this one. All right. Taminator. (laughs) Did you guys ever ever see Santa Conquers the Martians? Uh, So, yeah, it's in pieces. That is what this reminded me of. (laughs) <laughs> that that is widely known as one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, I think this is yeah. way more watchable than that film. <laughs> uh, well, just the look of it reminded me of that. Um, it was yeah. slightly more enjoyable than Santa Conquers the Martians, but um, yeah, not much more enjoyable. Although I did like the guy at the beginning. Like it was my little history lesson was yeah, Doctor Frank very, Baxter. Yeah, I liked that part. That was interesting. Of course, I had to write down all the facts and look them up, but. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Frank Baxter. <laughs> yes. Uh, how about you, Jessica? Yeah. Um, I know that there's a lot of cheesy stuff going on in this movie, but there was something really charming about it for me, like mostly. Um, again, there's yeah. some issues <laughs> with the portrayal of females and what their role is in I felt very endeared by like some of the artistry um, and you could tell that they had to try and throw some stuff together you know and afterwards I read some more about that but my first impressions were that there was something about it that I really liked um, even though I could tell that it's kind of bad <laughs> yeah um, for me my first impressions I was not expecting the movie that I got. I was mm-hmm. expecting um, a lot more mole people, like more mm-hmm. uh-huh. of a monster movie. And they were really kind of like a secondary type of thing. Like this movie was more about like this ancient civilization that has been living <laughs> you know, underground for, for how many years. And they, they, they don't know anything about normal, you know, uh, modern civilization, and they're still worshiping, you know, certain uh, certain different gods and stuff. And uh, I thought that was that was weird. It was interesting, but it was weird. I'd, I've never, you know, uh, thought about that as a movie thing. And, and so, like, the mole people were just kind of an extra thing that mm-hmm. was happening, and like they were. Um, I guess were they enslaving them, or yeah. were they like? Yeah, no, they, they were slaves. They were they were whipping them. Yeah, and, st- and I was like, man, that, that you know, so it was kind of like an uprising type of thing. But uh, yeah, I was thinking like they were going to go down into the caves, and the mole people would get them, it's like a 1956 version of the Descent. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not at all. It's not at all it's exactly what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not at all. Um, I thought that, uh, well, let's just get into the review. That was my first impression. Uh, that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy parts of this movie. I thought the, the acting again was pretty good for, for 1956. Uh, I love Hugh Beaumont. I really do. I think he's a, a good actor, but it's, it's hard to separate him from being Ward Cleaver. If you've 
watched a lot of <laughs> Leave It to Beaver, uh, like I have. I've seen every episode like 50 times. I mean, that's just the, when I was home from school sick when I was growing up. It was Andy Griffith's show, Price is yeah. Right, Leave It to Beaver. That's just what I watched. So it's it's hard to separate that. I, I I look at him and I'm like, does does Beaver know that you're down here? I mean, maybe he could call for some help. Eddie Haskell could come. I don't know. Um, but everything else was you know was pretty uh, pretty good acting. There was some again. It's it's black and white, so you don't get to see like all these matte paintings. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see like the color of of what they've created there. Um, like it would have been pretty good. I bet it was. I mean, it would have been yeah. better in in yeah. color. It's not the uh, best matte painting, but it's not the worst. You know, no, it's not. It's his job. Yeah, yeah, I actually it's, think it's that maybe if it was in color, it might have been worse because I feel like it yeah. wouldn't have been as easy to. They might not have even colored it. It was like a long cavern. <laughs> They might not have even colored. Yeah, I guess they. I yeah. guess they did. They I bet to, though but. the sets and the outfits were much better in color. You would think so. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, a colorized version of this. There might be out there somewhere. <laughs> I think um, there's a very like kind of Jules Vernish, you know, like an old school charm. You uh-huh. know, I think charm is a word that Jessica used before, and I think it's the right word for it. But it's like there's something very pulpy about this whole thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like you could you could totally see this like you know reading a story like this in a 1920s magazine maybe even or something. Um, um I, then I put in my notes. This reminds me of the time machine, but the time machine is much much better. You yeah, know, it was like the Morlocks and the Eloy yep, sort of yep. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that vibe too. And also, uh, Jules Verne Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah, I love uh, that. One of the Hollow Earth movies of all time. I love that. Movie. Yeah, it's kind of like there's little combinations of things yep. that came earlier that I'm seeing yep. and I'm seeing. But I like it. I mean, I like how these ancient people are kind of like these pale white albinos, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, you see them gathering mushrooms and forging weapons, and you know they're they put some thought into this. They try to like make some kind of logical functioning society. I mean, does it work? No, of course yeah. not. But um, I, I kind of yeah, you know, I was like, how are I they appreciate the effort. Yeah. Mushrooms. <laughs> A steady diet of mushrooms for how many years? I mean, good gravy. You'd go crazy too, but I, I thought that the um, the design of the mole people uh, was actually kind of kind of good. It was it was kind of funny. It could have uh, been way worse. Uh, with the, <laughs> the, 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 it could have been way worse. Yeah, it could have been way worse. But like the bumps all over them, to me, that's gross. Yeah, like that made them gross with all the. They like, give them like the mole claws. And yeah. Stuff like that, you that's know, that's about the only cool. thing that looked like a mole, though, was the claws. Yeah. And, and they I mole did have like, tracks and bumps. Yeah. And I, I did, yeah, like, they have weird noses. So yeah. I kind of got yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. I, I did like how they uh, would reach up out of the ground, kind of like the, the sinking mm-hmm. sand or whatever, to, to pull Yeah. Them. And that, that, first of all, I laughed so hard. When those three guys got kidnapped, yeah, that was so great. But, that was good. Uh, I thought that the mole people actually, when they did those scenes that were in the dark and they would have like the cool lighting on their faces, like up close, <laughs> I thought that they looked really neat like that, and they looked worse farther away, which was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> So it was kind of like a redirection, right? 
like the mole people weren't really the bad ones. It right. was the it was yeah. the the high priest. It, it was the, the society, you know. So I wasn't expecting that, and I I enjoyed that that it wasn't yeah. exactly what I thought it was going to be because I didn't read anything. I, I like to go yeah, into these yeah. kind of movies with no preconceived notions. I didn't know there was a mystery science theater. I didn't know anything. So, uh, yeah, I, I was largely I, blind going into this yeah. as well. Yeah. So I, I, I just did, knew what they look like. <laughs> I did not have a, a problem, you know, as far as like paying attention in this movie, I thought it had a pretty decent pace except for the one part where they took t- 10 minutes to show these three guys uh, climbing rock, rock climbing or uh, yeah. climbing down. down. I was yeah. like, okay, it's been 10 minutes. We yeah. know they're down. It's deep. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird. Like, like I said, like when you have like the big map painting and you see like what they do to try to create like this subterranean Samaria and you know, when you see them harvesting the mushrooms and like, okay, there's some thought being put in this and some effort. And then, like I said before, there's other parts where it's like oddly lazy we're like just like the very beginning. You're just we're somewhere in Asia, <laughs> just oh, yeah. somewhere on the entire biggest <laughs> continent on the that planet. So we're weird. just in Asia somewhere, right? <laughs> and then we have the most white-looking American Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like they don't even like they don't even have an accent. You know, they're just like Americans dressed like in some kind of non-distinct Asian attire. And I, I wasn't sure like what would have been worse, like that or to have them in like yellow face or something. <laughs> no terrible accents. <laughs> but you know, so, like one way is just like what they did was decidedly lazier. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm just kind of like, where where are we? <laughs> but it's just like they have like a kid that shows them the thing. The kid is just an American kid with no you know, regular American accent. Yeah. Showing them where things are. It's yeah. and then like they after the avalanche, you see the uh, the statue arm. Yeah, like being pu- you can see the string that's pulling it down. Or they, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, like th- th- there's certain parts of this where you're just like, it's so incompetently lazy. And then in other parts, you're like, oh, that's that's actually kind of neat. And it's it, it seems like it's being directed by different people, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've got another basically useless romance. Oh yeah, and then and they just this... kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Out of left field, they just she just runs back and something like a pillar lands on her and she's dead. You're like, yeah, yeah. that was so weird. That was the worst I, part. I had seen something. I, I couldn't find anything to confirm it. Uh, that that was like a last minute change because they were afraid it would be almost like interracial relationship yeah. or something. Yeah, I read that that they were afraid of implying that an interracial relationship is okay, so they changed it. Yeah. The well, if they have time. a girl run into a pole, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find, like, like, I couldn't find any hard confirmation on it, so I wasn't entirely sure if it was true. But, um, yeah, either way, that... I'm like, oh, interracial, goodness. because she's like a subterranean person? Because <laughs> they talk all the time about how much she looks like them. Yeah. Like, the entire focus of her character is that she doesn't look like the other people. Right. And she it's looks a, like a, you know, a white woman. It's uh, an interterrarian relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's I mean, pretty this, dumb. This had a $200,000 budget. That's a lot for that. Yes. That's what I'm saying. This, this oh, had... there was a lot of glitter and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah somebody uh, got paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe Hugh Beaumont. 
yeah. <laughs> all the money, you know? Mm. Um, when I was reading about it, it seemed like they were saying that it was a very low budget, like the director um, and the the crew. But I don't have any... I don't, I, I don't know about any of that. It definitely looks so low budget sure. most of the when, time. Yeah, when you say $200,000, I mean, how much of that went into the movie? How much of that went... You know, to somebody's salary, how much of that went to advertising? And, you know, I don't think they right. they couldn't have had two hundred thousand nineteen fifty six dollars to put into the production of that movie, and that's what they came out with. Not not yeah, a not a I, chance. I know they came up with like special ways to film in the dark, you know, mm-hmm. because of the budget, and that they had to shove like newspaper to create the humpbacks. <laughs> Yeah. Things like that because they said that it was a not a good budget for what they were trying to achieve. You guys, yeah. two hundred thousand in nineteen sixty fifty six is equal to one point nine seven million in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Dr. Frank Baxter was cleaning house. Right? Yes. Getting <laughs> there. Yes. yes. Yeah. I love that introduction. I do. I loved it. I, I love it too. Yeah, it's, he was see, he was a legit English professor. I mean, he I really, yeah, he was known for science television programming at the time. Like he kind of would have been a household name, um, so people would have recognized him. as like he's like the Bill Nye of nineteen fifty. Yeah, he's kind of like yeah, he's yeah. like nineteen fifty six Bill Nye or Mister Wizard or something like that. You know, it's Can people knew him the, for these things. You know that the theater back in fifty six was packed with all these kids, and can you just see their faces falling when that yeah. guy comes on and starts talking? Like, what is? Well, I, love, the I love it people? though. He's yeah. like, oh hi, you know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we just caught him in his at his yeah. office. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like it's like it's like a purposefully dry lecture that he's giving. You know, like, because it's super dry how they do it. But I, ha- I have a feeling that there's like it's intentional. You know, I, I think that there there's a certain aspect of fun there. Um, right. But yeah, I like how he yeah. kind of goes to the different Hollow Earth theories, and you know, at the end he's just like, you know what, just see this as a fable. He's like, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about the science. Yeah. He's like, look at it as a fable. You know, <laughs> yeah. or he could have just said, and and what you're about to see is none of these things. It reminded me of like uh, we, we years ago when we did a 1922's Haxon, um, Witchcraft Through the Ages. Uh-huh. Remember that one, Mark? The silent oh, film? Oh, yeah. That's, it opens up with that dry that's lecture. way back at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just goes off the wall after that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was smiling in the beginning of this when yeah. Dr. Yeah. Baxter comes on. <laughs> and the opening credits are really fun, too. That are Yeah, they actually looked the really camp. good as they were rising. Yeah. So I saw that, and I saw the opening uh, with Frank Baxter, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but it really is not as bad as, no. as people say. You know, it's not this is, It's not I think that it's, bad. I think it's entertaining. Um, I also don't think it's one of those, like, it's so bad, it's good type of movies. It's mm-hmm. just... You know, very schlocky, yeah. And uh, you know, they just didn't—they didn't have. They didn't have. Here's a good thing: those guys were very creative and had a great kind of story and imagination. They did not have either the funds or the the ideas or the plan of how to execute it in 1956. 
That's very mm-hmm. true. And I think that's, it felt kind of convoluted to me. And yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. But I, like, again, I could see, I could see a, a group of kids in the theaters in 1956, maybe getting frightened by the mole people. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I think at the very least they'd have fun with the movie though. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's, I don't, I think it's a little too talky. Yeah, I I kind of want my mole people movie that I yeah. signed up to see here. You know, yeah. nobody's ever. I, that's there's still an opening. People, somebody can make that. Yeah, yeah. I think it takes too long to get going. It's just uh, not what you're expecting at all. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I was talking about like for like kids like in in the theater for 1956 uh, or at the drive-in or whatever. I, I think it's a little bit too talky and, and, bet, and too yes. hard to, to, yeah, to get going. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think, think it's hard for the course for these movies. Yeah, I guess At so. least they're like all, with the tarantula, you got the tarantula stalking through the whole thing. You know, even if you have nothing else, you do have that if you got a theater full of kids. This one, I could see them being kind of bored. Lord. Because even a lot of the time the mole people are on the screen, they're not even allowed to be scary. They're getting whipped. You know, yeah, well, that's the thing. This isn't quite like you know. It's not primarily a horror film. Yeah. No, you know, this is like a pulpy adventure fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yes. with with some horror monster elements yes. in it. So if, yeah. like I said, if if people like that sort of thing, you know, like something that they would read from a 1920s pulp magazine, I think that they would enjoy what this movie is trying to give them. But then, uh, so name but it. But if you're going there for the monsters, it's not going to yeah. be enough there for you. Don't name it mole people. Name it trip to Samaria or something. I don't know. Trip to you know? Samaria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you did that, nobody yeah. would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but you know people. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they put the name mole people on it. I'm expecting a mole people movie. They, and that's... they should have had more mole people. Yes. They really <laughs> and let them be menacing, you know, or scary, yeah. or, or take the horror tag off of there. I think I thought it was uh, really funny with um, uh, Agar. He had he had the the flashlight. It was <laughs> the, the, light, yeah. the light of Ishtar. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And all he had to do was shine it. Like it they all go running. Yeah. You know, like, hey, Ben, even down to the symbol. Didn't you get some early Star Trek episodes a little oh bit out God, of this? Yes, the mole oh, people yeah. were right out of Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, like you could totally see the Enterprise landing on a planet yes. of like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, I mean, this was probably an inspiration. It had to have been. <laughs> oh, these all are. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's it. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek comes out of this kind of tradition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. We, one scene that I I like how they hid their budget well was when they're mountain climbing. Yeah, you know, they're switching back and forth between like stock footage and regular footage, but like when they're inside the tent at night and they're listening to the avalanche go by, and they're just like kind of like waiting to see if the avalanche hits their tent or if it goes by them. <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. But I, I kind of like that though. You know, I mean, you, you don't need any budget for anything like that. But right. it's just, it's just it's kind smart. of like it's, it's a nice little moment of tension that they put in. Um, yeah. and you just, you just hear them listening to the tent, you know, inside the tent to see if, you know, is this thing destined to hit us or are we gonna live through the night? And I don't know. I, I appreciated little things like that in the movie. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think I read that the director, this was his first movie, and he relied heavily on his crew to help him, you know, like the cameraman and stuff. And he gives them a lot of credit for helping him figure out smart ways to do things like that, um, because mm-hmm. they actually have 
expertise and, you know, they have experience with that where he did not. So I thought that was really cool that he knew I I need to listen to these people because they know better than me. He knew his limitations. They deserve. I was a little upset that uh, the old the old God died. I was a little upset. Yeah, nobody else was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like every like, time someone died, they were over. just like, move on. <laughs> we'll throw a couple of rocks on this guy and <laughs> yeah. move on. Yeah. Yeah. And how did he die? Did, it, did he get choked? He got killed by a mole person. I know, mm-hmm. but did they choke him? I forget how. No, he, he, he was all slashed up. It's all slashed up. I didn't they don't show it slashing them though. Just kind of like. Well, no, you you kind of. I think I think you see the slashes coming at the camera, and then when they find his body, he's got like cuts all over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. What else? Anything else? Anybody wants to share? I thought the burnt bodies dance, was pretty good. That dance scene. <laughs> I love the dance. <laughs> I love how corny it was. It yeah. was not. I don't remember the dance scene. Oh, you know what? It, Mark, they did their ritual dance. Yeah, Mark. What is that Mexican director we watched? You it did the the oh you know it, it was in the Hidden Gems and there yeah, was a dance about, scene. Uh, even the wind is afraid or something. Yes, maybe. yeah. It was like that. It was so weird and out of place and went on forever. I don't remember. I do not remember a dance scene. What am I doing here? I know you would remember it. Huh. It you was, would remember how unimpressive it was. <laughs> I think that's part of it. Who yeah. danced? The girl. You're not watching this being like, wow, she's a really good dancer. You're just wondering what the hell's going on in this movie right Did now. Did Cynthia Patrick dance? It was before they sent the No, it was a different. It was one of the albino Sumerians that danced. Okay. I'm going to have to watch she this again. At least looking. that part. It was before they were going to like sacrifice them sacrifice to the light. Those, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I might have I, I might have really zoned funny. out for a minute. This was the first one I watched of these three, um, and that was you know over a week, week and a half ago. So maybe I just completely, completely blocked it in my mind. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought it was really funny, so I remember it. <laughs> is it as bad as the uh, the Batman dance? You know, with the it is it bones? is of that yeah. caliber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? What, what did you say, Vin? You were saying something else too about about burned bodies. Yeah, the burnt bodies, the people who were sacrificed. They actually yeah. thought the burnt bodies looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah I thought. Decent. Yeah, yeah. See, there was moments of horror like that where, like, yeah. they could have taken it somewhere and just. Meh. Like I said, there's moments where they put in effort, and then there's other mm-hmm. moments where you're not sure what they were thinking at all. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't look like they put in any effort, but. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We've been going for a couple hours now, and uh, Vin's got a good work. Yeah. Right? That's right. Um, Vin, why don't you come in and rate this thing? And uh, go from yeah, I'm at, I think it's 6.5. Um, I had fun with it. I don't know if I'm going to return to it, you know, at all. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I watched it. You know, I had fun watching it with my son. Now, next time we go to that monster museum, we'll we'll know who the mole people are. Um, this is one that, you know, it, it had some potential. Um, and I think in more confident hands, it could have actually been something kind of special. Uh, and like I said an odd mix of laziness and ambition. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, six, 6.5 for me. All right. Taminator. Mm, 
I got to go with like a four on this one. It, and, that, and that's to give it some, you know, props for what it did do right. Um, there's just some shining moments in it that I really like, but they're just way too few far between. And I turned it on thinking I was getting a mole people movie a la tarantula, you know, kind of like that. And uh, it just wasn't that. So just kind of left me disappointed. So I'm going to go with the four. Yeah. I, you and I are on the same page. <laughs> uh, I thought there were moments that I enjoyed and we talked about them, but it's not the movie that like, if this was just like an adventure type film, um, it might get like one point higher mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i was expecting something that that i didn't really yeah get so i i would give it like a four and a half four and a half out of ten so uh, all right jessica uh i'm actually on the same page as vin i gave it a six and a half out of ten um i just really liked it i had so much fun with it and i la- i probably wasn't supposed to laugh a lot but i did <laughs> still counts it's okay yeah yeah it is kind of in that category almost for me of like the it's so bad it's good a mm-hmm. little bit um yeah. so for me it worked and like i said the opening was just so charming to me that it kind of got me hooked in pretty quickly and just that's three of my thing. points right there three of my yeah. points are Some that of the- <laughs> Like some of the things that are problems, like them being saying we're in Asia, is also like some of the reasons why I like it. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's almost like they Asia. didn't know either. You know, I'm not sure they yeah. knew. Um, but yeah, so I gave it a six and a half. I had fun with it, and I probably would watch it again. Maybe not, you know, annually or something, but I might put it on again just for fun. Something in the background. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely can see myself watching this again at some point in the future just to see if like, Hey, maybe I was in the wrong frame of mind. You know, sometimes that happens mm-hmm. um, and give you it need another to watch chance it to catch the dance scene that you missed. For oh, me. you yes. know it. You know it. <laughs> That'll give it an extra point for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I do think that if you're a fan of, you know, fifties, sixties, uh, you know, horror, sci-fi adventure, type drive-in movies this is one that you probably need to watch just to say i've watched it because mm-hmm. it's get it's got you know i don't know does it have like a cult following would you call it a cult well, it's following? been on mystery isn't that kind of like yeah i, mean, I, I guess if yeah. you've, been if on you've got an episode of that then you're probably a so cult. it's in that monster museum uh, yeah that's yeah, in my yeah. my area um, so it obviously made a big enough impression on his generation yeah, yeah. and there's also yeah. a song called attack of the mole men by uh, a group called the Dickies, and I'll try to put that in in the at the end of the show if I can find it. So yeah, it's it's it had some it had some um, you know effect on the uh, the cultural zeitgeist. So <laughs> and it does have a 2019 Blu-ray from Scream Factory. Uh, well, it says that it will. So I don't know if it ever came out. This was like. It was supposed to come out in 2019, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it if it ever came out or not. But I don't know if I'd spend any money on a Blu-ray for this. Maybe a DVD if I saw it at Walmart for $3.99. So, <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our first episode of the Horrorcast Drive-In of Summer 2021. 
So let's go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find us on the internet. Uh, Jessica, where can people find you? Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook just as myself as uh, Jessica Schmidt. Um, and then in most other places, like on Instagram, I'm amateur underscore destroyer. On Instagram, I'm amateur destroyer with an A at the end um, for fitting purposes, being able to fit it in. Um, and then on Letterboxd, I'm actually ashy underscore slashy. Um, cause Letterboxd doesn't let you change your name unless you're going to pay for it. Um, <laughs> or you want to start all over, which I'm not doing. So I'm ashy slashy on there. All right. I like that. I like ashy slashy. <laughs> did you name, did you name it that because you were ashy? No. No, okay. No, I, I did that because I'm one of those crazy deadites that loves. Uh, oh, that's right. Ash, you, you said that. You said that before. So, all right, Vin, where can people find you? On Facebook, I'm Ben Horrorcast. Uh, the blog is TheRevenantReview.com. And on YouTube, it's Revenant Reads. All right, Taminator. Um, I'm just boring. I'm just uh, Taminator. Tammy Turner on Facebook. That's it. You're so boring. I am so boring. Not no. boring minimalist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> minimalist. <laughs> all right. Well, you can join us on our Facebook group. Uh, and also all of us have our own individual Facebook pages. That's where we like to do a lot of uh, just hanging out and talking and, and uh, corresponding with, with people who listen. And um, it's, it's neat because we, you know, we get people all the time. Hey, I just discovered you and been going through your back catalog and been binging. It's, it's neat. Uh, so we're, we're always willing to, uh, uh, to have a conversation. So that's probably the best place to check us out. You can also email us if you're old school at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the HCast and on Instagram at the Horrorcast. Uh, we do have a, a Horrorcast TikTok, which again, I'm horrible at putting anything up, but we're, we'll hopefully have some other stuff up uh, going forward. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Horrorcast, the drive-in, where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thanks.
Yeah.